This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a beautiful display of math manipulatives in your classroom? Let me ask you another question. What role do those manipulatives play in your students' math experience? I know that many of our curriculums come with a set of manipulatives. And then if you're anything like me, we put them into our favorite colorful bins and add a cute label, display them on a bookshelf, and it looks so inviting. However, most of the time, I did not disturb them. If the lesson asked for rulers or the use of pattern blocks, I just kind of skipped over that part, thinking about how it would be a management nightmare and really how much are they going to even help my students. Somewhere in the back of our minds, we know that those aren't accurate, but it's probably worth our time But we just have so many things to cover before the end of the year. We know that the manipulatives are going to slow us down. What are concrete manipulatives anyway? They're the math tools that help students problem solve by representing their thinking or manipulating the math. Let me read you this quote from Eric Whitman. Intuitive experiences must be acquired by the student through his or her own activities. They cannot be learned through verbal instruction. So what this quote is saying is that to build that math intuition, a student must do the thinking, reasoning, and experiencing themselves. That we can't just tell them that I do you watch me. And then, okay, we do. Together, we'll work through it. And now the, you try it, it just doesn't work. We can't take the opportunity away from our students to actually gain math intuition. Now, does that make you feel uncomfortable? Because for me, it does. Because that means the entire, and I mean every single math class, the entire education I had in math, was teaching me in the wrong way. But it makes sense because I really didn't start to learn math intuitively until I started to play around with it in front of my students as a teacher. So what is math intuition and how can we make sure our students gain that? It definitely isn't a gene or a way you were born. Math is not innate or natural to some more than others. But it is 
that feeling of kind of having a feel for math. And that comes from experience and practice. Burton in 1999 said this, my intuitions are based on my knowledge and my experiences. The more I have, the more robust my intuitions are likely to be. That means as teachers, we can help our students develop math intuition because the more experiences our students have to build intuition, therefore, the more intuition they will have. So let's go back to how all of this kind of relates to manipulatives and building math intuition. The mathematician Reuben Hirsch argued that manipulating objects, symbols, and representations and mathematical images is how we develop math intuition. So he said intuition is the effect in the mind of manipulating concrete objects. And then at a later stage of making marks on the paper and still later manipulating mathematical images. This experience leaves a trace, an effect in the mind. Let me pause there on that quote and say, what he's saying is that when our students are manipulating those objects and symbols and representations, that is leaving an effect, a trace in their mind. Wow. He goes on to say that that trace of manipulative experience is the your representation of natural numbers. We have intuition because whatever mental representations of mathematical objects we created, we acquire those representations not mainly by memorizing formulas, but by repeated experiences. This quote leaves me so excited because it says to us that this experience of manipulating math can leave a trace in our student's mind. So that means that we have to be thoughtful about the experiences we give our students with manipulatives in order to help them build that math intuition over their lifetime. So, wow. How can you start right now helping your students build that math intuition by manipulating math tools? Four key things that you can do to support your students with concrete manipulation of math tools while also not going crazy with managing their behavior or it taking way too long. So number one is build a culture of mathematics. One where students feel safe to take risks make mistakes, and tinker with math. But how does this relate to manipulatives, you're asking yourself? I believe it is the basis to everything. Our classroom community is our foundation. We have to have this strong foundation where students aren't afraid to talk through their mistakes so that they can learn, right? We all know that learning happens through mistakes. So we have to start there, ensuring that every single student feels like a mathematician in our culture of math. Number two, expectations are high. I mean this for all parts of math, meaning you expect students to use the manipulatives as a tool, not a toy, 
I mean, they will use those math tools to solve problems, represent their thinking, explain and justify that thinking to their peers. The expectations are that we all do math here because we are all mathematicians. And that extends to the manipulatives. Now, these first two tips, you might be feeling like, yeah, Mona, but get to the nitty gritty about manipulatives. But I want to pause here and say, don't sleep on your math culture. When we set high expectations for our students and we hold them to it, we are communicating something to our students that they may have never heard in math before. We are communicating that we believe you can solve these problems. We see you as a mathematician, even if you don't see yourself as that yet. I'm not scared of your mistakes, right? All of those things are exactly what we want our students to feel, know, and be. So spend time on building that culture of math in your classroom. And if you are looking for more ways to build your math community, then right now go to monamath.com slash community. I have my eight best tips for you to start building that strong math classroom community. And it doesn't matter what time of year you're listening to this. If you're hearing me and you're like, yeah, girl, I want that, then go grab that quick checklist. It's just a one pager where I go through, actually it's two pages, where I go through all eight of those tips and they're pretty easy to implement. All right, go do that now and then come right back to the episode. Number three for making math manipulatives meaningful in your classroom is to make it normal to use manipulatives. When I taught sixth grade, we were learning about angles and finding the area of triangles. And a manipulative we used often was tracing paper. Now, I did a little experiment in my classroom unintentionally, really. But if I kept the tracing paper in the full eight and a half by 11 sheets over there in the corner of the room, if I did that, no one would get up to get the tracing paper if they needed it to solve problems. A few might even ask me to go get it for them. You know, that like fear of embarrassment of walking across the room to get something that might be perceived as whatever it's perceived as. And you know, sixth graders are like, draw no attention to myself. That's the vibe. But when I kept the tracing paper and I cut it into some smaller strips and I put it in little bins on the middle of their table and I put it there every single day, students used it. They helped each other use it. It became a tool that we referred to consistently in our discussions And not to mention that, but it really helps students understand the formula for finding the area of a triangle. So create a classroom where every single day there is a choice of manipulatives. Put it right in the middle of their table. Think about creating those bins that live right there on the table. And they can change depending on the unit that you're on or the most appropriate manipulatives. And then students will go to them every math time, right? And use them. That's the goal. And when this is the way we do things, when this is normal in our classroom, students are more likely to incorporate that into the way they, quote unquote, do math. All right. Number four is highlight the use of manipulatives. Watch and listen to your students as they model their thinking and as they manipulate the math. 
you'll see that students often use manipulatives in ways that you weren't expecting. This is so important. You should also ask your students to describe what they're thinking when they're you when they're doing that. And then ask them to share that with their peers. Giving students ample time for focused, academically productive discussions helps move their math understanding. Remember our initial quote from Eric Whitman, intuitive experiences must be acquired by the student through his or her own activities. They cannot be learned through verbal instruction. You can tell your students all you want how to use the manipulative to help them understand. But until they do it and watch the person sitting next to them do it and even see a demonstration of it by their crush under the Elmo, I'm still in like middle school teacher life brain right there, they won't get it. They have to experience it for themselves. So give your students the opportunity to experience and share those experiences and then respond to those experiences of others in a math discussion. So let's review. Manipulatives are a way that we can support our students in building their math intuition through experiences. Manipulating those concrete objects helps students later make connections to visual and symbolic representations. First, build that strong culture of mathematicians in your classroom. Here is where students are comfortable taking risks and explaining their mistakes. Then set high expectations for problem solving and the use of manipulatives. And also, you'll want to make this a normal situation in your class, one that uses manipulatives every day to build that math intuition. And then finally, show students how you see manipulatives being used around your classroom. Better yet, Amplify the voices of your students by having them share how they're using manipulatives. So real quick, before you go, if you're listening every week to this podcast, I just want to say thank you so much. The growth of Honest Math Chat in the last few months, like in 2023, has been incredible. And I know you're telling your teacher friends and sharing links because I see how many listens we have. But would you do me a favor, if you're one of my loyal listeners, would you leave a super quick review on whatever platform you're listening on? Your review means so incredibly much to me. Does that make sense? (laughs) In fact, if you send me a screenshot of your review on Instagram, I'll send you a free resource to use with your students. I would really appreciate you helping me spread the word to other teacher friends about this podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and leaving a review.